Hello, welcome to the Radiate Podcast. We're here to connect, encourage, and empower you to radiate the message of Jesus to yourself, your neighbors, and the world. I'm your host, Steve Presswood. Joining me in the studio today is Brady Alexander. Brady, good to have you with me. Thank you. It's good to be here. So tell us about yourself. Some may not know who you are. Uh, well, I hail from western Kansas, uh, kind of all over the map there in my past. And then the past eight years, uh, my wife and I have lived in Stillwater, uh, ministering to college students uh, here at OSU. And uh, we have uh, two kids, one on the way this August, and we are uh, finishing our time here in Stillwater and getting ready to move to Albuquerque, New Mexico this summer, sometime, hopefully. Neat. You and I share a love. We both like coffee. You would criticize my way of drinking coffee, flavored espresso drinks. <clears throat> Uh, why don't you tell me a little, though, about how you got started in uh, uh, your love of coffee and then how that's progressed through the years to the point where you're almost a coffee snob now. Uh, yes, well, I do fully embrace uh, the title of coffee snob um, because I'm there. I can't can't deny it. Um, in college is where my love of coffee began. I, too, was young like you once and drank flavored coffee beverages. Started out with the simple caramel macchiatos with <laughs> about 20 espresso shots, it would seem, added into it uh, to stay awake for the college student life uh, that didn't go to bed before midnight. Um, and once Megan and I got married and uh, Red Bull was not an allowable thing in the budget, uh, decided uh, just getting a little bit more into it, drinking more black coffee, and it just kind of took off from there and to becoming um, a hobby, uh, breakfast time, to now it's uh, a serious, serious hobby, almost passion. Uh, now, what are your so, favorite beans? Uh, I do have a soft spot for Onyx beans. Okay, shout out to Onyx. There. Yeah, shout out to Onyx, uh, rocking it in Arkansas uh, and worldwide, um, hopefully. Uh, so that's that's kind of a short progression of it. So your favorite brew method, though, would be. Uh, so yeah, right now uh, I have eight ways to brew coffee at home, <laughs> and none of them are a regular coffee maker or a Keurig. Um, and probably my favorite is called the Kalita Wave. Uh, it's a pour-over method that you can get. Oh man, the the rabbit hole goes way way deep, uh, <laughs> and I follow it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got the scale, the whole nine yards. Yep. 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 Well, <clears throat> uh, having a passion about something out there that's uh, just plain fun is uh, not bad for a guy, is it? Nope. One more uh, uh, maybe curiosity question. So uh, for those who can't see your beard, would you tell us how long it is? Uh, let's let's uh, gauge it uh, from your top button. How far does it go down? Uh, well, if we're, if we're talking top button as the collar, then I've got three buttons worth of beard. But if oh, we're oh. not counting that one, if we're going with the button that everybody actually actually buttons without a tie, then it's only two buttons. Only worth. two buttons yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. Maybe three, oh. depending on how you count. Yeah. Really good. Well, let's uh, jump into some, some, uh, more serious discussions. You've been running a program here at OSU called Nobleman. Uh, mm -hmm. that's borrowing off of, uh, the work of Bryce Bouchard who's mm -hmm. down at OU right now. 
Uh, tell us a little about how that program has influenced your disciple making. How effectively do you feel like it's helped you in uh, the business of discipling young men? Nobleman is a phenomenal tool that God has used in a number of men's lives preceding me uh, here at OSU. And uh, over the years, it's uh, morphed and transformed as it um, as times have changed, and it will probably continue to do so, so it can continue serving men in the best uh, capacity. Um, for me and my disciple-making, it has really um, enhanced it on a holistic level. Uh, something that Nobleman uh, does is it's a tool that comes from the outside that uh, you and the guys that you invest in take on together. Um, and uh, it's really good at driving home things such as discipline and some themes for being a godly man, as well as revealing uh, things that you thought being a man was all about that are uh, just not true. Um, and you can work together in honest and open communication and relationship and uh, really try to uh, work to get those false beliefs out and really uh, get to what the Bible talks about uh, in being a man. You mentioned that Nobleman puts a premium on uh, discipline, that it helps young men begin to, to maybe get a handle on what discipline looks like. I, I know for you personally, you've uh, been a disciplined guy for a while. Uh, so nobleman wasn't the thing that brought you here uh, to being a disciplined guy. It's one of the things that helps in the program you're teaching for other young men. But what would you say about discipline? Uh, uh, how did you get to the place where discipline is a key part of of your life? How does it impact your walk with God? Uh, talk about that just a bit. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to uh, being disciplined. Like now, nowadays, I can't imagine not being disciplined. Um, but, you know, obviously a seven-year-old Brady probably wasn't as disciplined as I am now. Um, so the, the, the probably where it started is, uh, you know, growing up uh, with a single mom. And uh, one of the unfortunate lessons that I was taught that's actually pretty unfounded was um, that if you want something done, you have to do it yourself. Um, and that's not entirely untrue, but the following message that I learned was no one is going to help you. Um, <laughs> that was, was tied into that. So, um, if I wanted to, um, do something I needed, or if I wanted something done, I needed to do it myself. And I also have, uh, I think God's given me a drive to be very good at the things I put my hands and mind to. Uh, so there's this drive um, whether that I can use for God's glory or I can unfortunately sometimes use it for my own glory uh, in driving to be the best. Um, uh, one of the greatest compliments I ever got in college was I was working at a job uh, serving tables and the boss said, Brady, don't ever let anyone tell you that you don't work hard. Um, and mm -hmm. that was really encouraging, but at the same time, like probably let it go to my head a little bit and be like, I'm never going to let anyone outwork me at any job I have. <laughs> Um, and then God put me with you that, you know, roast your own coffee and I can't even, I don't even have a roaster at home. So there I am <laughs> humbled. Uh, so, uh, sports were very huge in my discipline upbringing. Um, I give a lot of credit to coaches and just the system that sports provide to get discipline and that drive that I had to be the best 
if you want to be great at something, you have to be disciplined and you have to, um, I can't remember the proper term, but it's almost like intentional neglect. So things that are distractions, you have to rid yourself of those in order to pursue greatness in one specific thing. Um, maybe it's planned neglect. I think that's the term, but, um, I just, you know, somewhat naturally did that in the areas like when you can become so focused on something and becoming uh, good at it and disciplined in it, like the discipline kind of naturally follows. Um, so as far as how that impacts my discipline, my spiritual life, um, I can't be disciplined for the sake of just being disciplined. There has to be a goal. And if my goal is to be like Christ, then the discipline should follow. Um, but if my goal is to be disciplined, so then Christ approves of me, then I need to maybe reevaluate that. Uh, so just a flipping of priorities uh, in that. So my discipline has definitely transformed. It's been there for a long time. And I've always uh, counted myself a fairly disciplined person throughout my life. Uh, but the, the, the way it ranks in my priority list and identity uh, has changed over the years. Mm -hmm. And the pursuit of discipline is different now than it was you know, even four or five years ago. What do you think about discipline uh, in today's world, the U.S.? Overrated, underrated? Ah, oh, that's a big question. Um, gut reaction wants to say underrated. Uh, we don't give too much credit to discipline. I think discipline is incredibly high value. Uh, we wouldn't have some of the area, like America wouldn't be good at some of the things we're great at uh, if it wasn't for discipline. Uh, I think of things like the Marine Corps and uh, different military branches. Uh, sports, obviously, is an easy one to, to point out, mm -hmm. uh, but also scholars and academics, uh, the people who lead the charge in medical fields and just scholarly work, you know, biblical scholarship takes a lot of discipline. So I think it's definitely underrated, but the, the normal person I don't think is, um, this is just strictly opinion here, but uh, the normal person likes the idea of discipline, but the cost it takes to get there uh, is they maybe shy away from it sometimes. So you and I are in the business of uh, working to make disciples. And it discipleship, disciples share this root word, discipline. Mm -hmm. um, what have you seen just to transition the thoughts about discipline into the ideas of being a disciple and making disciples? What are the relationships there? So I do think kind of how I mentioned how my perspective on discipline has shifted, even though it's still there, um, the, the drive behind it is different. So when I think of meeting with other men, meeting life on life uh, with others, um, I think it's right to think about the end goal. Uh, of what you're actually working to produce. Paul addressed the end goal with those that he influenced. Um, in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, it says, We proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. And I think that one is the key right there, that phrase, everyone mature in Christ. Um, he goes on, uh, well, previously, I guess, uh, in Ephesians 4, 12 and 13, uh, he says, To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, 
a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. I think Paul is addressing the end goal that the people he invests in uh, would become like Christ. And that's where, you know, we can quote the first uh, Corinthians 11, one says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Um, so as I disciple someone, as I invest into a man, uh, my end goal cannot be really anything other than helping that man become like Christ, that he can respond positively to the encouragement in 1 John 2, 6. It says, if anyone says that they reside or abides in God, they should walk as Jesus did. Um, So my goal is that... uh, like that I would be able to respond to that. Like, okay, yeah, I am pursuing Jesus in a way that I'm walking in the same way Jesus walked. And those that I invest in, I'm, that's the goal for them uh, as well. And hopefully they can reproduce that um, going forward throughout their entire lives. Yeah, that's a real straightforward truth. So uh, the aim of my discipline is first, if I'm understanding you right, for me to be mature in Christ and then to help others uh, to become mature in Christ as well. That, that's what I'm aiming for as I work on mat- uh, discipline in myself and then trying to help other men be disciplined as well. Yeah, and before before even Paul gets to that part in First, uh, I'm sorry, not uh, First Colossians, just Colossians, uh, the only one there is, um, he talks about how the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge of God and the will of God is what enables us to produce fruit. Um, so I myself have to be invested into God's word so I can understand who he is, who I am because of him, uh, and because of Christ, uh, and understand his will. Uh, so then I can produce fruit, uh, not so much that I produce fruit and then I understand God's will. It's, I need to be pursuing Christ first. So that's why I probably identify with the, the navigator's slogan so much to know Christ, to make him known and help others do the same. Cause that first priority there is for me to know Christ and then I can help others know Christ. Hmm. Great thoughts. So you're uh, you and your family are quarantined right now because we're in the COVID-19 quarantine. I'm just curious uh, how the young girls are taking it. Uh, you got two under, I've forgotten how old Mo is. Got three year old and one year old. Yeah, sure. Two under three. So, uh, probably wild times, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Indeed it is. <laughs> Indeed it is. Well, I hope your move to Albuquerque goes well. It's been great to have you in the studio. Thanks for coming by and sharing your thoughts. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for tuning in to Radiate. You can continue to listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect to us online at osunavs.org and on Instagram at osunavs. See you next time, and until then, keep radiating the message of Jesus.